This is The Guardian. I'm Laura Murphy-Oates, coming to you from Gadigal Land, and this is The Full Story. Today is Alan Joyce's last day as the boss of Qantas. This shock announcement, exiting two months earlier than planned, came at the end of a turbulent 15 years in the role and a very bad week for the airline. Prepare for landing a huge fine. Qantas has gone from celebrating record multi-billion dollar profits to facing staggering allegations from Australia's consumer watchdog. Joyce leaves the company in chaos as it prepares to fight a war on many fronts, including a lawsuit brought by the consumer watchdog and a possible Senate inquiry. So, is his departure enough to save the airline's reputation? Today, the Alan Joyce nosedive. It's Wednesday, the 6th of September. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. So Elias, Alan Joyce's reign as CEO of Qantas ends today, a full two months earlier than planned. What's your reaction and why has this happened? Yeah, it certainly sent shockwaves around Australia when it was announced. I think... Not a lot of people expected this to happen, but when you zoom out and consider what's happened with Qantas the past couple of months, it does make a bit of sense. Elias Fasante is Guardian Australia's transport and urban affairs reporter. In his statement announcing that he'd stepped down early, Alan Joyce acknowledged very clearly that there have been recent events that have gotten in the way of the company moving ahead with its renewal And that's basically the reasoning he's given for handing over the baton as CEO two months earlier than uh, he was set to. He's been this kind of godlike figure in Qantas, controlling every aspect of the airline, uh, seen to be a very competent and aggressive business leader. But at the same time, people have started to point the finger at him over growing dissatisfaction with service with frustration at the airline, at prices, at outsourcing of workers, at a whole range of things. Now, you know, he's been at Qantas for 22 years and CEO for 15 of those years. He's had a huge role in shaping the airline to what it is. But 
you know, he's acknowledged that there's been many ups and downs and clearly there's a lot more work that needs to improve uh, the airline standing in Australians' eyes. And even though his transition of power had been very carefully planned over many months, clearly a lot had happened recently that, that forced his hand and um, this decision had to be made early. Right. Alan Joyce and Qantas are in the midst of a political and a media firestorm at the moment. There's multiple court actions, there's multiple inquiries. I want to go back to the start of last week. What led up to this moment? I mean, you certainly wouldn't want to call it a good week. I don't think anyone would be calling it a good week internally. So last week, the Senate Committee on the Cost of Living held a special hearing in Melbourne. Everyone, I declare open this public hearing of the Senate Select Committee on the Cost of Living. Where it had kind of brought in Qantas executives, including CEO Alan Joyce. Uh, my name is Alan Joyce and I'm the CEO of the Qantas Group. And, and he actually had to be legally summoned to appear because he'd refused initial requests to, to appear. And I think front of mind was the fact that just days before, Qantas had unveiled a record $2.47 billion profit. And that was a huge turnaround from last year when it had posted a $1.86 billion loss. There's a lot of criticism of corporate profits at the moment, due in large part to the cost of living pressures happening in parallel. And we understand that. In Qantas's case, we've put a lot of thought in balancing the needs of those who rely on us and who we rely on, namely our people, our customers and our shareholders. It's not just Qantas's profits that have come under fire, it's also Alan Joyce's pay and the pay of Qantas executives. What's the controversy there? Well, during a particularly heated exchange between Senator Tony Sheldon, he's a Labor senator and he's Look, he's a pretty staunch longtime critic of Qantas, having been a former union mm. chief involved with representing their workers. He particularly grilled Alan Joyce over his pay packet. So, Mr. Joyce, you are, you, this is one of the most um, discredited companies as far as the ACCC on its record of complaints. And he kind of put it to him that, you know, aren't you embarrassed at, at the situation where you'll be taking home millions and kind of leaving this airline with its reputation you know, vastly different from before and kind of mounting gripes and complaints against it. So Don't Senator, you feel embarrassed? Because so I tell you what, I'd feel embarrassed if I was you. So for a long time, Joyce was one of Australia's best paid CEOs. I think in his time as CEO, he's probably taken home in excess of $100 million. But this year, his final year, he'd been expected, um, you know, through salary and bonuses to take home as much as $24 million dollars. But it's unclear now exactly what will happen with all of those cash bonuses and values of shares, given his early resignation. Why so? Well, there were calls even before he'd announced this early stepping down that his salary or his bonuses should be docked, and not just of him, but fellow senior Qantas executives too. I mean, it really is the role of a board to make sure that your executives are not just delivering profits-wise, but not damaging the brand. And I think there was real concern from shareholders that that had happened. What does Joyce have to say to this this line of questioning from Sheldon about his pay packet? Well, he certainly didn't agree um, that he should be embarrassed. He's certainly no advocate for cutting his own pay. I think he's was really trying to point to the fact that 
all airlines experienced issues and that Qantas is getting back on track. We were one of the most trusted companies in the country. COVID knocked us well, for six. Now, well, COVID's knocked us for six, Senator, and it knocked every other airline in the, in the world. Mr. Joyce, you are the most complained company in Australia. Elias, just a few days after this hearing, Qantas was back in the headlines on Thursday when it was revealed that the Australian consumer watchdog, the ACCC, is taking them to court. Why? Yeah, I guess this was a pretty explosive morning for Qantas, but on Thursday, the watchdog sent out an announcement that it was taking Qantas to court, to the federal court, uh, where it was alleging that Qantas had been selling tickets to flights, about 8,000 flights, that it already knew it was going to cancel. So basically taking money from customers for flights that it knew would never go ahead. Now, the allegations relate to three months during the middle of 2022. In some cases, they were waiting up to 47 days, 48 days after cancelling before either taking down ads, selling tickets or, or letting customers know. And I think what's there is the fact that you can imagine if you find out just days before a flight that it's no longer flying you might have to spend more for a new flight. You might have to totally change your plans. And I guess when you really dig down into the detail of this, of what the ACCC is alleging, there's this allegation that what Qantas did was, in many cases, within its control. And what emerged was this picture of a much more strategic operation in kind of how Qantas uses cancellations to suit itself. What do you mean by that, Elias? Why would Qantas deliberately cancel so many flights and keep their customers in the dark? So the ACCC investigation states that for most of these cancellations, they were within Qantas's own control and in part done to retain takeoff and landing slots at certain airports. Mm. Now, this has been a big issue in the industry for years, and it's specifically around slots at Sydney Airport, which is one of the country's busiest, but also one of the most constrained in how it operates. At all airports, you need to book a slot when you want to take off and land. But at Sydney, there's actually a limit on how many planes can move in and out of the airport each hour. So those slots are really scarce. And the way the current rules work is that if an airline has a slot, they can keep it so long as they operate flights 80% of the time that they're scheduled. Mm. For a long time, people within the industry have claimed that Qantas strategically schedules then cancels flights out of Sydney Airport in a way that blocks competitors from entering the market. Essentially, this is called slot hoarding. When you look at the average cancellation rate between Sydney and Melbourne, it's just under 10%. That's one in 10 flights. And it's pretty easy to spot even when you look at scheduled services each day. There might be one airline that has a flight scheduled five minutes after the other one, which I saw the other day. And, and of course, it was cancelled right before it took off. And critics are really putting that forward as evidence that, hey, you're scheduling more flights that you can actually run. And it's purely to stop others from, from getting access to Sydney Airport. What does Qantas and Alan Joyce have to say to this allegation that they are hoarding slots and, and cancelling flights, essentially just to muscle other people out of the aviation business in Australia? Qantas, and this accusation extends to its budget carrier Jetstar too, as well as Virgin, the major players, they staunchly deny that they're misusing slots, as has been alleged. And regarding the broader allegations by the ACCC, Qantas said it was still reviewing them and that they'll have more to say after they've done that. But 
They said, understandably, these allegations have caused significant concern among our customers, our people and the general community. And they also note, interestingly, that the allegations come at a time when Qantas's reputation has already been hit hard on several fronts. And Qantas said that it'll take time to repair its standing in the eyes of Australians. Now that sentiment and then Joyce's resignation, they mark a huge departure from how Qantas normally deals with its messaging. It's normally very on the front foot, denying, denying, insisting it's done nothing wrong. Mm. This seems like an airline ready to admit it's done something wrong. Mm. If it is found that they broke the law, what consequences could Qantas face? It's really uh, an interesting question because it's kind of uncharted territories in a way. The chair of the ACCC was speaking about this, you know, right after announcing the action. And she was saying she was hoping for a penalty in the hundreds of millions of dollars, you know, at least more than double the previous record dished out to a company for misleading conduct, um, which was Volkswagen a few years ago for $125 million. And the chair, Gina Cass-Gottlieb, has really talked about how she wants this case to send a message to, to businesses. We are looking here not solely to a specific we call it deterrence. In other words, set the message, this behaviour can't occur. We want it to be generally across the aviation sector and broadly. But is $125 million much for Qantas, considering that they made nearly $2.5 billion this year? Certainly when you look at the numbers, it's not going to stop them from being profitable. It'll still be one of their record high profits, not their most profitable year. But you know, even if they can kind of absorb that, those kinds of penalties. What about the impact of this on, on public sentiment towards it? And, you know, the impact on that for things like shareholders, share values. I think that, and, you know, the potential to turn away customers, turn away investors, that could pose, you know, an equal kind of financial pain for them in the future. And that's not just going to be a one-off penalty. Next the outstanding questions around Alan Joyce's influence and the Prime Minister's actions. Hey, Laura Murphy-Oates here with a quick note about The Guardian. As you're probably aware, Guardian Australia's journalism is editorially independent, meaning we set our own agenda. We don't have a billionaire owner, nor do we answer to shareholders, so we're free from commercial bias. And this independence matters because it means we're able to challenge the powerful and hold them to account. Unlike many news organisations, we have not put up a paywall. We chose a model that means our reporting is open to everyone and funded by our readers who can afford to pay. Every contribution, whether big or small, counts. If you're able to contribute and have a minute, head to theguardian.com forward slash support full story. We've also linked to this on the full story page. Thanks. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Elias, the final controversy that seems to have expedited Joyce's exit from Qantas involves the Prime Minister and Qatar Airways, which is, as of Tuesday, the subject of a fresh Senate inquiry. What is this all about? Yeah, so just to give a bit of context, Australia's international aviation market hasn't fully recovered to before the pandemic. Airfares are still about 50% above pre-COVID levels, and that's basically because there aren't as many airlines and flights into and out of Australia as there were before the pandemic. Airlines like Qantas are constrained from actually doing that. They're still waiting for aircraft to be ready again to fly. And so they actually can't, you know, at the click of a finger, return to what they used to offer. Mm. But airlines like Qatar actually have the capacity to, to do that and offer more. And Qatar have wanted to grow how much they fly to Australia. They've wanted to, for a few months now, almost double the amount of flights that they run into Australia. And the Australian government, with Transport Minister Catherine King, blocked that request from Qatar to almost double its capacity. What's emerged is basically this situation where you had premiers of different states really keen for these extra flights. It would promote tourism. You had heads of airports really keen for these flights, heads of tourism groups, you know, a real broad church of of people wanting to see this extra capacity. It's also emerged that Qantas was one of the main opponents of this extra capacity. They'd actually spent some time lobbying behind the scenes against it. They've argued that Qatar almost doubling their flights at a time like this, when the market was recovering, would would distort things, is is what they've said. Mm. What do we mean by lobbying? Who was Qantas speaking to and how? Well, all we know is that they've pretty vocally opposed it, both back when it was before the government and now. Alan Joyce actually got asked about this uh, when he fronted that Senate committee and he refused to kind of detail exactly what he'd done, how he'd lobbied the government. I've said that any conversations I have with the Prime Minister or a minister, I never divulge. I've kept that for all seven Prime Ministers. And this week, the Prime Minister and the government have faced a lot of questions about Qantas's role in the decision, whether there was any undue influence, I guess. So my question is to the Prime Minister. Did the Prime Minister discuss the Qatar application with Mr Alan Joyce prior to the government's decision? The Prime Minister said he was not lobbied by Qantas regarding this decision, but that doesn't mean that other ministers weren't. I've gone through the one substantive conversation uh, that I had, and I've said said that that was not with with, uh, Qantas, and I received no lobbying uh, from Qantas about this issue. I can't be I can't be clearer. I can't be clearer than that, Mr. Speaker. Some, including the ACCC, say that this decision will mean overseas flights will be more expensive for Australians. And that's really bad news for a lot of people who are hoping to see family and friends overseas and have been saving up for that over the past few years. What reasons 
does the government give for, for this decision? There have been a bunch of reasons and I think that's what's frustrating people a lot in the industry is there's no clear answer. There's been this overarching question of whatever's in the national interest and that Qatar flying more would be against that. The government has determined that agreeing to the Qatar Civil Aviation Authority request for additional services is not in our national interest and we will always consider the need to ensure that there are long-term, well-paid, secure jobs by Australians in the aviation sector when we are making this decision. We've also had Assistant Treasurer Stephen Jones say that the government wanted to protect Qantas's financial sustainability in the long term and that this might harm that. On to the point about the benefit, as you mentioned, that there are those estimations of about $1 billion in economic benefit. It's certainly the case that it would probably bring in a lot of tourism dollars. You know, just the standard rules of economics probably mean more flights, more seats. I think, though, the government really is struggling to justify it now that more questions are being asked. There's certainly a lot of confusion as to how this is in the national interest. Where do you think this idea comes from? Why is the government so interested in, you know, the bottom line of of Qantas? Look, there's definitely been a lot of talk about Qantas's influence when it comes to government as a result of all these various scandals and the saga with Qatar Airways. I think in politics there's this sense that there's kind of this relic of when Qantas was truly the national carrier when it was when it was state-owned. And that's no longer the case. It's a private company. You know, it acts very much in the interests of shareholders, not so much driven by the concerns of the Australian public. I guess there's also some questions around just how Qantas does try and develop relationships with politicians. It has chairman's lounges at airports around Australia. Mm. Now, these are different to business and first-class lounges you might have seen. These are hidden from public view and these are places basically where if you're deemed to be important enough in Australian society, Qantas will invite you in. Now, sure, there's an argument that someone like the Prime Minister deserves a bit of privacy at the airport and then Qantas will probably say, well, we can't just favour one side of politics so we have to offer it to every politician. But, but what's emerged is this system where people um, influencing and with the ability to change our aviation laws and competition laws all enjoy a pretty nice service from Qantas. Yeah, and that nice service isn't experienced equally across the board for the Australian public. According to the Consumer Watchdog, Qantas has been the most complained about company for the past two years. Yeah, you struggle to think of another company that could get into a position like this, be the most complained about company for two years in a row. And, and still kind of enjoy such a, a relationship where really you don't see the transport minister, you don't see the prime minister coming out and being as critical as, as, as other people are. You know, I think it's now a problem that the everyday Australian and people who travel are probably starting to question, which is, does the government really care about this big issue that Australians need to travel? We live huge distances apart. Are they really hearing the problems that we're all facing? Elias, the ACCC court challenge is just one of many legal challenges that Qantas is staring down right now. Their share price is also on the dive. Is Joyce's departure enough to rebuild the company's reputation from here? Yeah, it's a really tough time for Vanessa Hudson to come in and and deal with all these issues. It's not just the ACCC court challenge. There's also a class action over how it dealt with flight credits during the pandemic. 
There's also a, a pretty serious legal battle over its decision to outsource about 1,600 ground handler jobs earlier in the pandemic. That's been found to be illegal by the federal court and upon appeal. The high court's now considering a final appeal on that. Mm. That could be a really significant compensation bill if Qantas loses. And I guess just in general, this airline's reputation is really um, deteriorated. People are frustrated. And I think it's an important step, um, what we've seen with Alan Joyce acknowledging that, you know, there needed to be a circuit breaker and something needed to change. And, and him stepping down early is a step. But I think people are really going to want to see a better airline, a return to, to the carrier they can be proud in and that they can rely on. And a lot of these changes that have allowed Qantas to be so profitable and that have angered customers are really structural changes. And it's not going to be a very quick fix to just be able to click her fingers once she starts and, and, and return the airline to what it once was. Mm. Some observers are questioning Vanessa Hudson you know, obviously she's a fresh pair of hands, but at the same time, she's been an executive alongside Alan Joyce for, for the years where he's kind of really come under a lot of the fire. At the inquiry last week, Joyce denied that the credibility of Qantas had collapsed under his leadership. Is that a hard argument for him to stand by, especially now that he's stepped down early? Yeah, look, I think there would be a lot from that hearing that he might give different answers to had he known what was coming up with the ACCC. I think people have been used to Qantas for a while now, arguing in, in their favour and expecting things to go their way and, and presenting a rosy picture. It very obviously can't continue with that image. It's very clear people don't have that same view of the airline as it does of itself. Mm. And I think there's this real problem now that almost everyone in Australia has a Qantas horror story, whether it's their own or their family or their friends. And I think it's a huge step that he's stepped down early. Whether he uh, jumped or he was pushed is almost besides the point. It's an acknowledgement from the airline that something needed to change. And I think that's important. Uh, for a while, it had been able to not pay too much attention to the consumer dissatisfaction because its profits were doing so well. But these allegations and, and the state it finds itself in, it really means that Qantas has to stare this problem in, in the face now and, and change. And it's not going to be a quick thing. It's going to take years to rebuild the trust in the airline, but it's got to start somewhere. That was Elias Vasante, transport and urban affairs reporter at Guardian Australia. This is a rapidly evolving news story. To get the latest, head to theguardian.com. I also recommend Elias's piece from the weekend titled Everybody Has a Qantas News Story. Run of negative headlines brings flying kangaroo down to earth. If you liked this episode, don't forget to subscribe or follow Full Story wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also leave a review. This episode was produced by Phoebe McElraith and Daniel Simo, who also did the sound design and mixing. The executive producer is Hannah Parks. I'm Laura Murphy-Oates. Thanks for listening. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. 
That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.